I just want to share some things real briefly as I can here from the scriptures because this is Christmas time. And of course, you know, the story of Jesus being born in the manger and so forth and so on. We know he, he came, you know, for a purpose. He didn't just come just to be born in, in a manger. He came for a purpose. And uh, so a lot of times we haven't answered that basic question a whole lot. You know, what's the purpose of Jesus coming? And, uh, you know, did he come to found a church? Did he come, you know, so that we could have a code of conduct or start a new religion? Or what did he really come for? Because people have all sorts of ideas about that. And, of course, you know, if you want to know why Jesus truly came, just ask him. Because <laughs> he said why he came, very plainly in many different places in many different ways. But um, he said in John 10.10, 10, for example, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And so I want to look at that today. That's the purpose he came, is to give us life. Not religion, but life. And so that doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people, but I believe as we go today and look at this just a little bit, I think we're going to understand this just a little bit better uh, of what it really means that Jesus came to give us life. Um, there's some very familiar verses that will answer this real clearly. You know, John 3.16, we're all familiar with that. For God so loved the world, right, that he gave his only begotten son. And why did he give him? You know, why did Jesus come? He gave his only begotten son that, that we might, um, why, you know, that we might have life, not perish, but have life and have that more abundantly. Amen. You know, you look at that verse and you think of other verses like the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. And so we see that throughout the Bible. In fact, one of the big words in the Bible, especially the New Testament, is this word life. And so really there's four different, we won't get into the Greek, you know. People preach on Greek roots and people, then the congregation starves on Greek roots. <laughs> Spiritually they starve. But I do want to just mention real quickly that the original New Testament was written in Greek. And when you read it in English, it looks like sometimes it's always the same Greek word, but it's a different word many times. There's four different Greek words translated life. And uh, sometimes the word life just means manner of life. Sometimes it's talking about the breath that we breathe, you know, in and out, exhale, inhale. And so, um, you know, when it says here, God, Jesus came that we might have life, it's not talking about either one of those. One of the Greek words means manner of life or behavior. Uh, and it's not talking, that's not the Greek word here that's talking about life when it says Jesus came that we might have life. And so what does this Greek word mean? It's the Greek word zoe, Z-O-E. And it really actually means the God kind of life. But that still maybe doesn't give us a lot of understanding until we look at some verses and things that the uh, New Testament says about this kind of life. Um, it's obvious Jesus didn't come to give us breath in our lungs. We had that. Um, and really, to be honest with you, he didn't come to just give us a code of conduct. I mean, we could have had that without Jesus. In fact, the law from the Old Testament gave man that. So he didn't come to give us a code of conduct. Uh, the word life in the New Testament is translated life. It's translated eternal life. It's translated everlasting life. And so... Um, we're talking about the God kind of life. This kind of life is not talking about something that we'll have just in the future. 
So we've got to understand what it's not, really, in order to understand what it really is. Sometimes people say, well, eternal life means you go to live with God forever. Well, certainly that's true. Not, not saying that's not true. But listen to this verse. This is in John 5, 24. Jesus said this, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that hears my words and believes on them, or excuse me, on, on him that sent me, hath, now that's old Elizabethan English for has, eternal life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed or has already passed from death unto life. So here Jesus talks about this life, this God kind of life, as something that man has now that believes on Jesus. This is not just an eternal existence with God. In fact, uh, eternal existence in and of itself is not something that a man has because he has received eternal life. All men are spirit beings. They're created in the image of God. We're not just minds. We're not just bodies. We are eternal spirit beings. And all men are spirit beings, whether they are dead spiritually or alive spiritually. And they will exist forever, whether in the region of the damned or the region of God. So eternal life doesn't just mean eternal existence. It means something much more than that. And from this verse, John 5, 24, Jesus actually says, we have it down here if we believe on Jesus. So it's not something just for the future. I'm not, I'm not minimizing the future. We understand what's coming for those who are born again in the future. But it's not just something for the future uh, when we go to heaven. We're not just talking about going to heaven. A man that believes on Jesus already has it down here in this life. Right now, he has it. And so, uh, we're not going to get that off in the future. So, it's strange to me that the, the church world hasn't studied this, that this eternal life. They've emphasized conduct. And don't misunderstand me. Uh, you know, God has a way for us to conduct ourselves, to behave ourselves. And so forth and so on. But to a large extent, the reason people don't behave themselves <laughs> is because they don't have eternal life. And, uh, you know, that'll fix eternal life, will, and especially walking in the light of it, will fix a lot of the behavior issues. We've got whole groups of people today who hate whole other groups of people. Well, that's because they don't have eternal life. Now, that might shock you, but as we go, you'll see that. And uh, because eternal life is not just existing forever in the presence of God, it includes that. I'm not minimizing that. But it's something we have now, and it actually has, has to do with receiving the nature of God. And so we'll look at that. If you'll just hang with me, we won't take a long time here this morning. But we'll look at that, and you'll see this as we go. And so uh, we... we uh, we want to emphasize this eternal life and not just behavior. Behavior will show up properly. Uh, Jesus said in John chapter number 3, he was talking to a man who came to him, asked him, you know, about, uh, you know, his teachings and so forth. And Jesus said, a man must be born again. And the man said, well, I, I don't understand that. Am I supposed to enter back into my mother's womb and be born? He said, no, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. You know, this is the, this is the flesh. But, but he said, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. He said, he's talking about a new birth of the inward man. There's different terms for it in the Bible. It's the heart. It's also called the spirit of man. It's the part of us that will live forever. 
when we die, the body goes in the grave. But our spirit goes up or down. And that man, that spirit man can have the nature of God through eternal life. Now, why does he need to receive that? Because he, re he lost that whenever he sinned. And that's what spiritual death is. We'll see this as we go. And uh, it'll make a lot more sense. But um, you can have a lot of good behavior but not have this eternal life. So you have to understand the way the Bible says this. Um, there's a man in Matthew 19, 16, Matthew chapter 19, 16, we won't go there, but it was a lawyer, a young lawyer came to Jesus and said, uh, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, if you study this man and the, the part of the Jewish religion that he was a part of, he was a very stick, he was a stickler for keeping the law. He had gone through atonement. He had gone through the, you know, the different things that they were required to do, but he must have still had a sense of dissatisfaction on the inside of him because uh, he, he sensed some spiritual need that was not yet met because he, he came to Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He was aware there was something more. And so he came in, uh, he was a keeper of the law and he was obeying all the Old Testament commandments, but he had the sense inside of not being completely right with God. And so, uh, this, he needed something in his nature. He was aware that something had been lost and that his nature was not completely right. And uh, he was aware of that lack and that somewhere out there he knew there was something that would round him out, you know, that would uh, meet that spiritual need, so to speak. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. It would complete that longing on the inside and make him full of joy on the inside. And so what was that that he was looking for? He actually identified. He said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? See, he was a good man, but he didn't have this eternal life that Jesus kept talking about. And so he came to Jesus and asked for that. And uh, he knew something that we must know today. And that is that religion can't give you this life. Christianity is not getting religion. Christianity is a divine act whereby God changes a man uh, on the inside and gives him a new nature. And he translates him out of the kingdom of Satan into the kingdom of God. And it's something that happens instantly at something that Jesus called the new birth. And it's called receiving eternal life. It's a new nature and union with God. Now, um, why is that? Because, you know, like we read over there, this is, we quoted it, Romans 3, 23, wages of sin is death. I mean, uh, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Y'all still with me today? The gift of God. This, this is something that's a gift. It's not something you earn. It's something available as a gift. Now, why do we need that? Because the wages of sin is death. And all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us have. 
And the wages of that is death. Now, now you might say, does that mean physical death? Well, let's, to answer that question, let's go back to Genesis in our thinking in the Bible where it talks about Adam and Eve and it says God created them in his image and in his likeness and said have dominion and so forth. And then he said uh, of the trees of all the garden you can eat, but don't eat of that one tree, the knowledge of good and evil. And so, uh, but eventually they did eat of that tree. Remember that? And, and uh, they sinned really. And so God had said to them, the day you eat of that tree, listen very carefully to how God said this, the day you eat of that tree, you'll surely die. Well, they ate of that tree and lived physically and over for another 900 plus years. Did God not understand what he was saying when he said, the day you eat thereof, you will die. Actually, if you look it up in the Greek, it's, I mean, excuse me, in the Hebrew, it says, in dying, you will die. That's literally what the Hebrew says. So that day, there was a death that took, that took place that caused them eventually to die physically. Man was never created to, to die physically. But because he died spiritually, and we'll talk about what that is in a minute, he died spiritually then he, his body took on uh, a decaying process. Took a lot longer back then, but it's, 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 still in, it's still in the earth today. People still die physically. And uh, so that, that's the process that began because of spiritual death. God never intended. I mean, if you ever lost a loved one, they went on, you know, just this is not supposed to be this way. It's not supposed to be that we die like this. Well, we know intuitively. Well, that came as a result of spiritual death. Now, you might say, well, the day you eat thereof, you'll die. What, what, what does that mean, spiritual death? What does that mean? Well, if you just read just a few verses later, God came in the cool of the evening to fellowship with them like he had been doing. I'm talking about Adam and Eve. He had been talking to them, fellowshipping with them, and, and, and they had been receiving from God and fellowshipping with God. But the day they ate of that fruit, God came in the cool of the evening and God couldn't find them. He said, where art thou? Adam, where art thou? And he said, we hid ourselves. We heard you walking in the cool of the evening, and we hid ourselves. We knew we were naked. You remember that? See, now all of a sudden, God's creation, who once was in fellowship with God and embraced the presence of God, now he's estranged from God. Now he's afraid of God. Now he doesn't have fellowship with God. Now something's wrong with him on the inside that broke his fellowship. And so God said, well, did you eat of the, the tree? And they said, yes. But see, that was what happened the day they ate of the tree. They, their spirits were separated from God. Their spirits actually took on the nature of sin. Now, receiving eternal life is described in 2 Peter chapter number 1, verse number 4. It says, by these exceeding great and precious promises, we are made partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, think a little bit here with me. Don't, don't, don't just be counting the lights because you'll miss what the Bible's saying here. Notice he said that we can be partaker of the divine nature. The divine nature. Think of that term, the divine nature. And that, and that we can escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. The corruption that is in the world through lust is spiritual death. And the very satanic nature of sin that comes into a man's spirit whenever he sins. And that corruption can be reversed in the spirit of man 
by being born again, receiving eternal life, which is the very nature of God, which restores man back to fellowship with God. And that is for right now, and connected with that is the promise that this body, when even if we die in the grave, will be raised from the dead to live forever and ever as well. <laughs> but to live glorified like Jesus' own body right now. So, uh, I don't know if that, you know, might just sort of go right past you or not, but every man here today has died at one time or another spiritually whenever he came to the knowledge of, of right living and, and ended up sinning. But Jesus came to reverse that condition of separation from God. And so, uh, that certain, this eternal life, this is not religion. It's not getting a code of conduct or practice, promising to live by a certain creed or something like that. It is a new nature. And this, the effect of this on man has some tremendous, uh, has some tremendous effects. Now, uh, like for example, one of, the, one of the things it'll do in 1 John chapter 3, verse 14, listen to this verse, 1 John 3, 14, we know we've passed from death unto life because we love our brethren. Now that can't be physical death and life, physical life. None of us were dead physically. So he's talking about spiritual death. We've passed from spiritual death. Those that are born again, passed from spiritual death to spiritual life, receiving the nature of God, receiving uh, the new birth. I'll just clarify what the new birth is. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new cre creation. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, new creation. Old things have passed away. Talking about that old sin nature. Passes away. And all things become new. Talking about in our spirits, not our body. We didn't get a new body. In fact, our body will still do any old thing we let it to do. That'll explain why people can receive Christ and still do wrong things. Because they're living not out of the new nature. They're living out of the nature of their flesh, which still has the nature of sin in it. And any of us can do that. In fact, I'll just rephrase that. Any, all of us have. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that that's our new nature on the inside. So, the, so this new nature on the inside comes at the new birth. And, uh, and this verse here, I want to read 1 John 3, 14 again. We know we pass from death unto life, spiritual death unto spiritual life, because, no notice, how do we know this? Because we love the brethren. He that loves not his brother abides in death. So think of it this way, because of coming, being, receiving eternal life. Now, how do you do that? By receiving Christ and believing on him, confessing him as Lord and Savior. Because of doing that, he said, we pass from the realm of spiritual death over into the realm of spiritual life. And we already found out that means, that part of what that means is it means having the, receiving the nature of God. The nature of God. Now, this verse tells us part of that nature. We know We've passed from death to life because we love the brethren. Do you know the Bible says that, that uh, God is love? It didn't say God has love, although he does, but he actually is love. In other words, that's just not what he does. That's who he is. It's his nature. God's nature is love. And when we're born again, Romans 5, 5 says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. And he says, so the, this love is the first indication of the new birth. Uh -huh. 
It's like Jesus said in John 3 about that man came and said, you know, teach us more about these things. He said, a man must be born again. He said, Does, can a man enter his mother's womb and be born? He said, no, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. He said, it's like this. He said, you see the wind, uh, you don't see the wind, but you see the effects of it blowing. You can see, you know, whatever trees swaying or whatever. He said, that's the way the new birth is. You can't see the new birth because it happens in the inward man. But you can see the effects. I know before I got saved, before I received Christ, received this eternal life, my brothers were the meanest people on the earth and I was looking for a chance to throw rocks at them and hit them. <laughs> and I actually did. Drew blood. Boy, I was a good shot right on the head. Bam. Hit him. Blood running. I, I see. I wasn't born again. I had that nature of hate. But I got, I got born again. And I'm telling you, my brothers changed overnight. <laughs> I loved them. Actually, they didn't change. I changed. You know, one of my best friends in the ministry today, he's just, he's just a tremendous blessing. One of the greatest blessings in my life. You know, uh, decades ago, he actually murdered a policeman. Pastor, you're running around with murderers? No, he used to be a murderer. He received eternal life. <clears throat> he got a new nature. I don't know if I'm helping you or not. I'm helping myself. He's not that way anymore. He's the biggest teddy bear you ever met. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. He is so loving and gentle. He wouldn't hurt a, I don't know if he could even swat a fly. You know what I'm talking about? He's so gentle. See, something happened that changed his nature. He didn't get religion. He got eternal life. He got the new nature of love. And, uh, and, and that's, that's what man needs. These people that hate one another and so forth, they need to be born again. They need to receive God, receive Christ, and get that new nature on the inside of them. You know, somebody said, well, do you, I mean, do you, uh, do you, uh, you know, do you have to really watch yourself? Well, in some ways, yeah, but, but, but to be honest with you, somebody said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm murdering everybody I want to murder. I got born again, I'm murdering, but the problem is I don't want to murder anybody. Got a new nature. I used to want to hurt my brothers. You know what I'm talking about, but I don't want to anymore because I got a new nature. Oh, I remember the very day it happened. I mean, just an amazing transformation on the inside of me. And so that's available to all who receive Christ. You get a brand new nature. Does that help you? And so that new nature is the very first characteristic. I'm talking about the nature of love. It's the first characteristic that shows up in the new birth. It's the love of God, right? And so we see this eternal life is the very nature of God. And that's, that becomes uh, what we partake of. Um, spiritual death is different than physical death. Physical death is the, the, the mortality of the body. But it came as a result of spiritual death. And so we can actually have an eternal existence in the glory of God through the new birth. When Jesus comes again, this body will be changed to have an eternal existence in a glorified state. Not in a fallen state, but in a glorified state. And so, um, so we see that then in Genesis, we see that man died. Man, he was separated from fellowship with God. We see spiritual death means to have the nature of sin. And that nature is hate. And that nature is, is uh, meanness and so forth and so on. You know, um, 
This is pretty strong language, but Jesus said in John 8, 44, to the most religious people of his day, I mean, they were sticklers for every little thing that the Old Testament law said. But he said to them, you are of your father, the devil. That doesn't go over real well with folks today. You are of your father, the devil. And then he went on to describe what that means to be of the devil. And the lust of your father, you will do. He was a murderer, he said, from the beginning. And he's a liar. And that's what the nature of sin is. Murder, lying, killing, stealing, destroying. You know, the nature of, the, the divine nature of love will fix many marriage problems. It'll, it'll, it'll take the selfishness out of the, the, the fallen nature of selfishness out of man. And it'll bring an unselfish nature on the inside. Now, nobody has to walk in the light of that or the nature that comes into them when they're born again. Some people, they go on living out of their flesh. Living selfish. But the love of God's not selfish. Maybe I should say see law right there. That means pause and think about that. It's not thinking about me. Well, I, you know, you, you hurt me, you this. What about, what, about, what about just getting rid of your, your, you know, thinking about you, thinking about other people? So that's, that's something that I think what we need to emphasize and teach a little bit more on. So this nature of love... This nature shows up. It's one of the first things that shows up when a man's born again. And so there's another thing I want to say here before we close. This nature, it says in first, uh, excuse me, in the uh, first chapter of John, the gospel of John, chapter one, verse number four, in him, that's in Jesus, was life. See, Jesus is the only way to eternal life because he's the only one who was divine and had this kind of life. Other religions can give you a code of contact, but, co conduct, but it can't give you life. It can't restore your fellowship to God. It can't restore your, change your nature. You understand? And so, uh, and it won't bring what he said there in John chapter 1, 4. In him was life. And the life, he said, was the light of men. That sounds... What does that mean? I mean, those are big words. What does that all mean? The word light means illumination. If it's lit, it's illuminated. And it also stands for development. Man's, when man receives eternal life, it will illuminate him and he'll begin to know God. In fact, that's what Jesus said in John 17, 3. He said, this is life eternal that they might know thee, the only true God, Jesus Christ, whom thou sent. You can't know God just through religion. You can know about him, but you can't know him. You can't know him and have that, that communion with him where he talks to you and you talk to him and, and, and you begin to know what God's saying to your heart. And, and that comes through this eternal life. And that is the light of men. This life will illuminate mankind. I've seen men be born again who were some of the most foolish people you ever met before they're born again, just making the stupidest decisions. Now, maybe that's not a good word in church, but, but just making unwise decisions and just making a mess of their life and, and just ruining relationships, ruining uh, financial blessings. And just, just I mean, they're real good at doing one thing, ruining everything they touch. I've, met, I've known people like that who got born again and received eternal life and became some of the smartest business owners and, and financial, you know, gurus, you might say, just, just smart. 
because they started walking in the light of this eternal life. It'll affect every area of your being. It'll affect your spirit, man. It'll affect your intellect. It'll make you smarter if you walk in the light of it. I didn't grow up necessarily brilliant. I know that's an amazing thing to think about, but... (laughs) But through walking in the light of this eternal life, today I'm, under, I'm able to run four ministries, be on the board of many other ministries, really ha- doing real good financially in our own financial affairs, making good decisions. I'm not perfect, you understand, but I'm, 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 I'm learning to walk in the light of what I know down here. <laughs> and and uh, just making me a lot more productive or financially successful or, or, or successful in whatever I put my hand to. Successful at marriage, successful at relationships. I'm, ships, I mean, there's some people around here that actually like me. <laughs> you know, you, gotta, you, you can't be just ruining relationships by just letting every little thing you think come flying out of your mouth. But if you walk in the light of the love of God that's down in here, it'll make you successful at relationships. I know, for example, that man that I told you, a good friend of mine, that uh, he was actually put in prison. They threw away the key because he murdered a policeman. And uh, they said he'd never get out, you know. Of course not. Shouldn't get out. But he got born again, got eternal life. Changed everything. He, he started getting the whole prison saved. Had a church in prison, getting everybody saved. Casting the devil out of a bunch of devilish people. <laughs> And just started walking with God. And, and, uh, and there's a whole lot that happened as a result of him getting out. And I could tell you a long story about it. But he's, he's very successful today. He was doing everything he could to ruin his life in every way he could. I mean, ruin his parents, his relationship with his parents, ruin his finances, ruin his marriage. He's, he was ruining everything he put his hand to. Very, very, he's doing real good at ruining everything. But he got this, this eternal life. He got born again, and he got out, and he's now successful in everything he does. Actually, he's very successful in real estate, very successful in ministry. What happened? Something happened. He didn't get religion. He got life. It it, it did something for his intellect. Let's just wrap this up by saying this. Romans 5.17, we get a little more insight into this life says, if by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Now, I kind of have to fill, fill in the blanks here. This one man is Adam. If by Adam's sin, death, we could say spiritual death, reigned by one, that man Adam, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, not earned but a gift, shall reign in life. By one, Christ Jesus. Now, we read that and we say reign in life like, like in the affairs of life. And, and that's certainly true. But the Greek word is zoe. Reign in this God kind of life. What does that mean? It means that every one of us who have been born again, we receive this eternal life. We come into a kingly state. Whereby we have the ability to reign in life. Does that make sense? In other words, we're no longer a servant to the realm of spiritual death, but we passed out of that spiritual death, which is Satan's realm, Satan's kingdom. That's another way of saying that. Into the realm of reigning in this God kind of life. So God never created man to be a slave to all the circumstances of life. And inside, deep inside, man knows it. 
he's never been created to be dominated by sin or Satan or, or, or the flesh or his own body, his own uh, uh, sinful nature. He was never created to be a slave to sickness or, or the, the bondages of this life, torment in one's mind. Never, never created. Man, man instinctively resists all that. He can't stand. In fact, we spend billions and billions, probably, probably trillions of dollars in our society to defeat sickness through medicine. And we're all for that. Not saying, not saying that's wrong. We're all for that. But here's the thing. God has given us dominion through eternal life over, and the ability to reign over everything that came into this earth through spiritual death. Wow. Somebody said, I wasn't really planning on getting born again. But after hearing this, sign me up. You said, now, you know that's not going to work. No, I don't know that's, that, that I, I know it's going to work because it's working for me. This is a, a benefit where you can reign in life. And so God never created man uh, to be enslaved all these things. He created him on the inside and he knows that on the inside he was created to reign. And so, eternal life is the end of the, the weakness message. Christianity is not a message of weakness. It's a message of dominion. I don't have to be a sinner and live like a sinner anymore. I can live free from sin. Amen. And so, when man sins... When man sinned back in the garden, he fell into spiritual death. He lost that place of ruling and reigning that God originally gave to him. And the circumstances of life dominated him. But through this eternal life, and especially getting our minds renewed to it, and what the privileges are in it, we can have dominion over all the works of the devil. Isn't that good? Jesus said in Revelation 1.18, I'm closing with this. I am he that liveth, I was dead... And behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of hell and death. So, yes, he died physically. Jesus died physically. But he also took our place in spiritual death as our substitute. He said, I was dead, but I'm alive forevermore. The Bible calls him the firstborn among many brethren. So, this key that he has, or these keys, they stand for authority. If I've got the keys to a room, I've got authority. If you've got a key to a room down at, the work, down at your job, you've got authority to go in and out of there, and you've got authority to be in there. So the keys stand for authority. And so where did Jesus uh, get this authority that he mentioned? He got them from Satan. Now you might say, what on earth are you talking about? Satan had taken the authority from man when he, man bowed the knee to him in sin in the garden. He took dominion over man and began to rule and reign in, in man's life. And so that's what happened in the, in the garden. Man is the one that gave that to Satan, not God. Because God had originally said, be fruitful, multiply, and, and, and have dominion. God told man to rule and reign down here. But he lost that. But see, Jesus went to get it back. And so, Jesus got back those keys, but he got them back for every man. Amen. He didn't just go get it for himself. He already had it when he was walking the earth. Yeah. If you see Jesus walking the earth, he had that dominion. He had a dominion over sickness. He had dominion over the wind and waves. He had dominion over the things that came up in life. But when he rose from the dead he would, and he got those keys back, he got those back for us. 
That's why he rose from the dead, said, all authority is given unto me. Then you go. He handed those keys to us. You go in that authority. Whatever you bind is bound. Whatever you loose is loosed. And so this is a, a message of dominion. That's what eternal life really is. It's a reigning in life. When will we reign? When will we reign? Will it be in the millennium? Well, we know we'll reign in the millennium. But is it just limited to the millennium? Is it just limited to the sweet by and by? Is it just limited to some time in the glorious future? No, he said we'll reign in life. Zoe. When are we going to get this Zoe? We already read. We already have it. So we'll reign with it right down here in this natural life. If we have it now, we can use it now. So when the dark clouds of adversity come and things begin to arise on the horizon of your life, don't say, why did God let this happen to me? You start to say that I have been given the ability to reign in life. And I begin to say what's going to happen. And I say in Jesus' name, Satan, you take your hands off of this area of my life. Praise God. That's what eternal life has enabled you and I to do. They that receive, I'll sing, I'll, I'll, I'll not sing it, I'll say it again, Romans 5, 17. They that receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, that's what we've received in the new birth, they'll reign in the God kind of life through one, not through ourselves, through one, Jesus Christ. Jesus isn't doing it for us. He said, we'll do it through him. We'll do it through him. He gave us that ability. Father, we're so grateful for your word. It's such a, a light to us. Father, our spirits know intuitively that these things are true. Father, our heads might not catch up with it right away. Our intellect, Father, sometimes is slow to understand it. And it might be, seem, seem foreign to us sitting here, some of us today. But Father God, it is what your word tells us. It's reality. It's available to us. I pray that you would open the eyes of our heart to it. Show us what this eternal life came to bring us. Father, if there's one person here today under the sound of our voice that's sitting here, they're saying, well, I, I do good. I'm a good person. I'm, 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 I treat people good. But I've never received this eternal life that he's talking about. This new nature through being born again, through faith in Jesus and confessing his lordship and salvation over my life. Father, if there's one person, I pray that you would open their eyes to see their need spiritually. Just like that young lawyer that we, we talked about. May we all see who we are without you, but who we, what you've made available to us through Christ. I pray that in Jesus' name. Now, I just want to have heads bowed just for a moment, if you would. I don't want to leave this auditorium today and not give you an opportunity to receive what Jesus made available to you. It's not getting religion like we said. It's not joining this church. It's not joining a church. It's not just promising to do better or taking on a code of conduct. It's receiving a nature. You know, a lot of us can't do it without the new nature. <laughs> we all tried. Praise God. So if that's you this morning, you say, well, I just, I, I don't know about what he's talking about. I got, I got, you know, started going to church and I'm a good person so forth, but I've never received that. I want to receive that this morning. And if that's you, I'd just be honored for the privilege of praying with you. We'll pray with you right there in your seat where you are. By raising your hand right now, you just say, pray with me. Include me in that prayer. Is there anyone here today you're just saying by raising your hand, include me in that prayer? Anyone at all? 
Anyone at all? Just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you very much for your honesty before God. Thank you. I see another one in the back. Hallelujah. Without, without eternal life, we can try to live right, but we keep failing. But this is, this is what we really need, a new nature. Anyone else? Anyone else? I've seen a couple of hands. I've seen some children's hands. We'll include them in the prayer because I believe they know what they're, they're raising their hand for. Anyone else? Anyone else? Just another moment. Anyone else that needs to thank you? I see. Okay, thank you. Two more hands right there. Anyone else? You're saying thank you. Thank you. I see two more hands. Two more hands right there. Thank you very much. This is between you and God. Thank you. I see a young hand right here. Thank you for raising your hand. I believe you mean business. We're going to pray in just a moment. Thank you. I see another hand right there. Amen. Amen. Another hand back there. Thank you very much. Praise God. I was a very young child, and I knew I needed to receive this. And, and my, the adults around me in my life didn't really think I understood. But I understood exactly what the preacher had preached that day. And so I always give children an opportunity. If they are uh, conscious enough, aware to raise their hand, I always give them that opportunity because the adults around me didn't think I understood. So I went into darkness and lived in darkness for two years spiritually until I got up the boldness to ask them again if I could be saved. But uh, so we want to honor these children raising their hand. Anyone else? I've seen many hands, but if there's anyone else, we want to include you. Just a moment. We're just looking one more time. Those of you who raised your hand, would you just repeat this prayer right after me, please? Say it right out loud. In fact, all of us in the auditorium, let's just say it out loud with them, even if we've already prayed this prayer, just to agree with them and help them in their faith uh, in Jesus right now. All of us out loud, especially those who raised your hand, say, Dear Father God, I see in your word, Jesus came not just to give me a code of conduct, but to give me this eternal life, this new nature. Lord, I acknowledge without you I'm a sinner. I've fallen into the nature of wrongdoing. I'm in need of salvation. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to make this life available to me. I receive you into my life. And confess you as my Lord and Savior, Jesus. I believe you died for my sin. I believe you rose again from the dead. To give life to all who would put faith in you. I put my faith in you now. Be my Lord and my Savior. I confess I'm now saved. And that your, your very spirit is coming into me making me a brand new person on the inside. And I'm now receiving eternal life. Thank you, Heavenly Father. You are now my Father. Lord Jesus, you are now my Savior and also my Lord. I am yours. You are mine. We're now back in fellowship together through my faith in the blood and work of Christ. In Jesus' mighty name, thank you for hearing me. Thank you that my past is gone, and I'm a brand new person today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.
When I prayed that prayer, it was like a weight of sin rolled off of me. I believe that's happening for you that meant that. You prayed that for the first time. Those of the, that prayed for the first time today, there's some people in the aisles. They're there to give you a packet of information. It's just something to help you get started in your walk with God because now he's your father and now he wants to talk to you and, and uh, lead you and guide you. So if you raise your hand to pray that prayer and you'd like one of these packets, put your hand up again. The ushers are there to get that to you and uh, that, that will greatly help you get started in your walk with God. <clears throat> I was glad for somebody to help me begin to learn to walk with God when I got saved. So we want to get that into your hands. Anyone else? You want, you want one of these packets? Take one. We have them for children and for adults. So if your, your child wants one, let's, let's uh, get one for them. You can raise your hand for them. Praise God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's give those who received Jesus today a big hand if you would. Amen. We invite you to be a part of this church here, but find a good church somewhere where the, where the Word of God is preached and you can grow in the things of God. If you're looking for a perfect church, don't come here because we're still growing, but, but if you're looking for a place you can grow, we invite you to come. So uh, we love you very much and thank you for coming today.